Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com along with Trevor Sikama also from thedraftnetwork.com. We have returned home to friends and family from the rigors of Indianapolis and the temperature of Indianapolis. Trevor, have you taken off your coat since you've been to your new location? I still have not taken off my coat. That's um, impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to trust Mother Nature again. Listen, I don't blame you, man. When you've lived in as scarring a situation as I have for a long time, you, you learn to be prepared for all situations, and that sometimes requires just sitting in a heated house with your coat on. <laughs> In case. As people noted from the Twitch stream this weekend, I have no problem doing that. Right. Uh, NFL Combine results are obviously complete, which means I could judge our predictions uh, in the spreadsheet. And I think you'll be... You'll be are we doing that right off the bat? Is that the first thing we're doing, or are we doing it at the end of the show? Oh, we're doing it right off the bat, sir. Okay, all right. Okay, Just let's do it. got to get this out of the way, because you were victorious 31-27. to Mmm... It probably feels good to rectify last year's situation, considering it was way more lopsided in my favor. So dominance is still something that I believe I have in hand. But in this situation, sir, you did emerge victorious thanks to tons of people not participating. That's what I'm going to chalk it up to. John, I just want to say that kind of I know it was really back and forth. It was great effort on your part. <laughs> there was a lot of competition throughout. And so with such an evenly matched uh, contest here, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, suck it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I literally knew that was what was coming. <laughs> you know what this means, right? This means I was a regular season champ and the combine champ. Yeah, that is what, what it means. Th- bro, you're losing it. Uh, I, I, I may be, in fact, losing it. You want to know the position that you pulled ahead decidedly on? what was it tight end oh (laughs) i mean brother brother i know this tight end class like the back of my hand that was it i mean every other group was basically evenly matched tight end you pulled way four points up on me after tight ends you got didn't i do like surprisingly well in offensive line um i think it was even an offensive line okay so that's a win that's a win for me yeah yeah, That's three a three in offensive line. We had tons oh. of people not participate. We have to. I don't know what we got to do. We got to plan something for when all these guys don't participate, man. It's, yeah, the loser always wants the rules to change. Oh my word! All right, uh, we got to talk uh, defensive combine performances and the biggest takeaways from defensive combine performances. We have been assaulted by tweets telling us to get Blake Cashman into the uh, predictive big board for the yes. mock draft machine, yes. which we actually had planned to do before we launched, but. Uh, long story. Uh, suffice to say, that hasn't been an option for us just yet. Uh, he and 23 other names I have on a notepad right by my computer that I wanted to put in that day, and it just hasn't panned out for us just quite yet, but hopefully we can get that done early this week. But, uh, I mean, he had a great combine at the same mm-hmm. time. I mean, this guy has little raptor arms, man, little baby hands. It's true. He's like the it's burger. True. He's, he's got eight and three quarters. He's like the burger guy with the little hands and the big burger. <laughs> That's Blake Cashman just sitting there on the bench. Come on, come on, man. <laughs> um, His no, results was, were great. Other than that, I mean, <laughs> people, but like people were acting like this guy had like the greatest combine of all time. Now listen, ninety fourth percentile on the forty, he ran that four five, eighty um, fifth awesome, and eighty ninth percentile on his jump. So clearly explosive. But I mean, the dude can move. If you put on his tape, Blake Cashman, can, Blake Cashman can move. That's 
the, like that is so obvious that that is the calling card to his game. He's a guy who likes to sift through traffic. Um, he likes to make plays in the back backfield. He can pursue a lot of different ball carries because he has that speed. He can change direction so quickly, and he can get from kind of like a starting, you know, bouncing on his toes, analyzing the play, and then immediately just start to take off to wherever he knows the ball is going pretty quickly. But still, I mean, you know, 46 percentile in height, 36 in weight. The wingspan and the arm length are literally at 1 and 2%. So, I mean, this is clearly a much smaller linebacker. Um, I know Jonah Tall's good friend of ours, he was looking at his athleticism, Blake Cashman's, and he was kind of getting some Leighton Vander Esch vibes from the athleticism. But the difference is... Vander Esch is huge. Leighton Vander Esch is huge. And so, like, when you have that kind of athleticism as a giant linebacker, it's different. You know, that's the... He Cashman is clearly giving up size for speed, mm-hmm. so that's the only thing there. But I'm actually I'm gonna do a five play prospect on him. That's my next column that's coming out. It should be out actually today, later today. And idea. so if which is Wednesday, if you're listening to this podcast on a different day, it's already out. Uh, go read it, thedraftnetwork.com. So I'll kind of break that down. I'll look at the things that he does really well. I'll take his combine numbers into effect, and uh, I'll see what kind of linebacker we're dealing with here. Yeah, um, Vander Esch's combine was just something else, man. I mean, he was 20 pounds heavier than Cashman. His arms were like three inches longer. Hands were bigger. And he ran 4.65 in the 40 at 256 pounds, 6.4 and a quarter. Jumped 39 and a half, had a 6.88 three cone. Jeez. I mean, these guys' numbers were crazy Jeez. for an average size linebacker. And you have to remember, weight adjust. He's, two, he's 16 pounds heavier than the average linebacker per the mock draftable database. And he put up way better numbers than the average linebacker. This guy, I mean, this guy's off the charts athlete. So tough for me to compare to him. But um, yeah, no, I think it, uh, Cashman's definitely one uh, that I thought won the, the combine. I also thought, you know, we're out here looking for linebackers basically to, to join in the conversation with the top guys. And I was really excited because everybody likes Drew Tranquil, right? Like, I mean, everybody thinks he's an awesome oh, dude yeah. and great he story, and he's overcome serious injuries. And, you know, he put forth an unbelievable combine. I mean, his jumps were amazing. His shuttles and his three-cone even did the 60-yard shuttle, and it was good. You know, bench press numbers were crazy. He's not a big linebacker, but at the same time, 6'2", 234 is totally fine in today's NFL. Um, so he really... I thought he was a huge winner, honestly, the whole event. I mean, he didn't he didn't really finish poorly in any category, whether it was, you know, checking boxes for size uh, or um, or any of the athletic events. I mean, he did everything, and everything was really, really good. He was in the 70th – he was in the 80th percentile or above in everything for his position group except three-cone, and that was in the 73rd percentile even. So, you know, this guy put forth a really elite combine. He – if his medicals check out, I honestly think he could get into the top 100. I just thought on tape, the medical the knees had kind of zapped some of his athleticism a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't quite as fluid as I hoped he'd be, mm-hmm. but he can cover still despite that. Um, yeah, he's gonna and, be valuable, uh, I think. Right, and I'm with you, and I love Drew Tranquil. I hope that, you know, I certainly hope that the dude is healthy as he could possibly be throughout his NFL career because, like you said, he's a great dude. We we got to meet with him a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically everything that we've heard from him, he's a guy that, that you root for. The problem is that, you know, combine speed is different from, you know, playing linebacker and going through all the hits through every single game because linebacker and running back, man, you just get beat up. You get beat up so much. And, like, even if Drew Tranquil goes into a season fully healthy, how much 
contact can he take as a guy with that much injury history um, before really start to affect him. And so that'll unfortunately always be in the back of your mind, especially early on in his career. But we certainly hope that the guy is as healthy as can be because he's a lot of fun to watch. And obviously from the combine this past weekend, he has a ton of potential athleticism uh, if he can remain healthy. So he'd be, you're right, we're looking for depth linebacker in this class, and he's definitely a guy that, that's up there. Yeah, he's probably going to make my top five linebackers at this rate. Um, not that, not that I have a lot of top one hundred grades, but uh, Cody Barton, man, I mean, he's another one. You know, j- again, just searching, trying to find linebacker. Like this guy's agilities were crazy. I mean, he he put eightieth percentile in the sixty yard shuttle, ninety sixth in the twenty yard shuttle. Crazy, freak, uh, freak. three cone, eighty two percent. Uh, and then his jumps weren't great, but his 40 was really good, too. He ran 4.64 at 237 pounds, which is good for a linebacker. So, And you loved his interview, right? Like, you yeah. got him talking You got him talking football, mm-hmm. and you could just see, like, his eyes light up, right? Yeah, yeah. he he drew up their favorite blitz for me, you know, a double A-gap blitz that they have. Did um, he know immediately? Was he like, oh, I know. Yeah, uh, but- first he was like, hmm, wait, uh, let me think. Like, He was like, you just want, like, a favorite call, like, when the coaches send it. And I was like, yeah, when the coaches send in this call – you get like visually amped, like you're ready to go for it. And he was like, oh, oh, heck yeah. Like and he like grabbed the notepad and he was like, I got it. He's like, just don't show anybody the exact play. So I couldn't put in an article or anything, but it was still cool to talk to him. And like, he's super sharp. I mean, super sharp guy. He kind of knows, you know, the nuances to look forward against different formations and seeing where the back is and knowing which linebacker should go first to make it harder for the running back uh, to recover for the other back. So it was just, yeah, it was kind of, it was cool to hear him talk. Um, Sharp kid. He's going to really impress people, teams in interviews. So teammates are going to love him in the locker room. Um, and I know Ben Solak's been on him for a while. So, uh, so far, so good for Cody Barton. And I think he could be a riser in this group as well. So there's some linebackers. I don't know what to think about the defensive back class, man. Like, I mean, you. Okay, so some of these guys, it's being heralded as being a really athletic group, but like, they aren't good on tape. That's the problem. Like, at least the guys upside, that, though, I guess. The guys that ran really well or tested really well in general, I should, ch- I should say, aren't necessarily the guys that we were already talking about at the top. Yeah. I think within the top five corner group, would you say Aruarie had the best day? Um, yeah. Because it wasn't Baker. Obviously, Greedy Williams running the four three eight. It's like, okay, shut it down. You don't got to do anything else. You're going in the top 15. And he did. <laughs> Right. I mean, that, that's that, it's a one and done run. That's and he did. What it is. <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't know how teams are going to feel about Grady, to be honest, dude. Like, he wasn't doing that great in the positional drills. Then they pulled him out and they said he was cramping up, which maybe was. I don't know. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, it just goes back to. I'm going to tell you that next time I, I, I can't write an article. I'm going to be like, ah, I can't do it, man. I'm cramping, cramping up. Fingers, hands cramping, cramping up. Yeah. Got to go, go get to the store, get, bananas. get some water. I just don't know how much you trust him, you know, like and same with DeAndre Baker, like the stuff we've heard about character and I don't know, man, they're, it's, I mean, they're two of the top three corners in the class, I think, in the eyes of most people, but there's a lot of extra stuff like to take into account with them. So it's going to make it really difficult to trust. I don't think Greedy's going to be for some teams at all. Like they're just not going to care to have him, and then other teams are going to be okay. And, and what about Byron? What do you make of Byron? Or Byron Murphy's combine? He's, he's going to be a good player in the NFL. His combine oh, was yes. just okay. I mean, it was fine, yep. I think. Um, but I just don't – you know, Byron Murphy was never going to be, I don't think, the fastest guy. But I still – and he didn't do agilities, which I thought was unusual considering that's probably his strength. Um, 
you know, his jumps were not anything special either. I just think he's going to be a starting corner in the NFL. He's going to work in certain schemes, uh, zone-heavy schemes. I think you're going to have a lot of success with him. I don't think he's a lockdown, trail the other team's number one receiver type of player. To me, that's what you would kind of look for in a first-round guy or at least a, a strong man coverage corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're always going to get that with Byron Murphy. So I think you have to value him appropriately. I don't think he's like a, an elite corner or anything like that, but I don't think he's going to fail in the NFL. No, I think he's going to be a really good corner. Not necessarily an elite one. No, probably not. Um, but, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think he'll be a solid starter. Yeah, so that's that's basically my perspective on the top three corners right now. I mean, I thought Barry Baker was just kind of disappointing in general, but his tape might be the best out of the three of them, So, um, or at least out of he and Grady Williams this past season. So it, mm-hmm. it, teams are really going to be doing their due diligence behind the scene on those guys. But you're right, Arwarie, I mean, there's a good chance he was the guy that helped himself the most. Like, I mean, he had a, he had a really, really good combine. And remember, he's a huge corner. There's no character concerns here. Almost 6'2", 205. And he ran four four seven at that size, which is crazy good. Um, you know, this we're talking like fifteen pounds over the average corner weight. So you weight adjust all his stuff, thirty six and a half inch vertical. It's really impressive for his size. Um, right. You know, even his broad, you know, it was impressive again. Ten uh, ten foot broad. I think that Ari has really good tape, and like I've been a big fan of his. Probably like a bigger myself and Kyle have been pretty big fans of our Warrior. Um, but it was it's. The the thing that questions me is is the mentality, and I don't. When I say that, it just opens it up to be so negative. But people who have listened to the show know that you and I have the same thought process with this. Like you have to you have to have an attitude to play corner. Mm-hmm. Like right. you have to be an alpha. If you're not an alpha in the NFL, you're not going to be good at corner. You're just not. You have to go out and you have to think you're the man. You have to think you can cover the best wide receivers in the league, no matter who is opposite you on the line of scrimmage. Um, and I haven't heard a ton of that about Arawarie, so maybe I need to do a little bit more digging, ask some people who yeah. have covered him more. Well, he even uh, said when I interviewed him at Senior Bowl, he said the big, biggest thing he has to remember is that he's a big corner, and he has to remember to play like one because he said a lot of time he doesn't. Um, and, he, yeah, he is. He's a nice guy. You know, He's going to come off that way to teams, I'm sure. Um, at the same time, he definitely has flashes of aggression on tape that I – I don't know if I'd be like ready to put him in that type of a category yet where you're like worried about it per se, but at the same time, yeah, he, he needs, I mean, that's going to be the thing. Can he set the physical tone off the line of scrimmage and play with an edge on a consistent basis? I think that's, mm-hmm. it's not like an effort thing. It's just like a mentality. No, thing. no, 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 no. Yeah. He's I, like, he, like, I believe that our warrior is good. I just want him to always believe that he's good. You know, <laughs> it's important. It's yeah. very important. Right. No, I hear you. And in terms of guys that didn't help themselves at all, uh, Jawan Williams running the four sixes, right? Ouch. Not great. And he was a guy that was getting some first round buzz. I'm actually looking right now to see if there are any good corners that have run on the four sixes. I recorded. thought you were going to stop there. I'm actually looking right now to see if there's any good corners at all. Just see if anybody <laughs> has ever been good. <laughs> oh man. Wait. Oh man. Brutal. We... I want to talk about Cedric Woods. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about him in a second. That's insane. Okay. Uh, okay, okay four, I'm in the four six threes. I have two corners' names written down as 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 good that have run in the four sixes. Okay, Jamal Peters, by the way, also ran in the four sixes. Uh, Levi Wallace played well for half a season in Buffalo. Um, you know, I don't think we're talking about a, a long time starter there, but um, <laughs> here we go. Four six twos, still very little, still very little to encourage us. 
Oh, oh, T's Tabor ran four six two. He'll be fine. God, I remember <laughs> when Tabor got absolutely murdered by who? By literally everyone on the planet when he ran that four six two. Well, I mean, I thought he ran. Wasn't it like four seven two at the con, and then they adjusted it, and it was oh, friendly to him. Mm, I think he ran a four six two at his pro day. Um, say he ran bad at his pro day too. Yeah, he might have ran slower at his pro day. Check that. Oh, I think he ran no, slower no. at his pro day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ran a he ran a four six two at uh, at the combine, oh and then he ran slower goodness. at his pro day. Because I was how do you day. how do you show your face if you run slower at your pro day? Listen, man, and everybody knows Florida fudges the numbers to help their guys. Of course we do. <laughs> SEC, baby. Are you ready for this? Yes. I just researched, uh, I think, 100-some corners since 1999, I believe, that have run. Wow, you f- looked at all of them in, in that the time. Four sixes. Yeah, I just scanned through their names. They're on a list. Okay. You ready for the only players that I would consider really even impactful from that group, from 4-6 corner 40 territory? You ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've never been more ready. Levi Wallace has uh, been started for half a year in Buffalo, so I'm being very lenient with this list. Brandon right. Browner in an extremely aggressive press man cover press press coverage scheme was successful for a limited amount of time in the NFL. Legion, Legion of Boom. Yes. Um Tremaine Johnson ran four six one, which is to be fair, and is faster than both of the guys we're talking about here, Jawan Williams and Jamal Peters. Um Josh Norman. And that's it. <laughs> and I personally believe Josh Norman is pretty overrated. He really needs the scheme to be successful. And a lot of people think Jermaine Johnson's just, I mean, I think Jermaine Johnson's a good player, but those are your well, peak guys, Jermaine Johnson and Josh Norman, basically, in the last 20 years. That's basically it. Everybody else is, is that's running the 4-6 as a corner has been pretty replaceable. So, I mean, yeah, Jawan Williams can't play corner in the NFL. Plus, plus he is. It's not like this guy's tape is unbelievable and he looks like an outlier. It's not. It's not unbelievable. So people giving him first round buzz and hype were, were crazy in my opinion. Um, I never saw that type of a player on tape. I mean, there's something there to work with as a third round pick maybe, but now that he's running the four sixes, I mean, there just isn't a precedent. Four six five too. It's not like he was like right at four six. Like, like you know, that's where uh, these guys were. I mean, Norman was the slowest good corner we've seen in at least that ran at the combine that we've seen in a long time. So I don't know, man, it's not looking good. Let's just put it that way. Um, who else in the corner group stood out to you? I'm trying to think. Uh, Mark Fields. I really want to see Fields? Mark Fields. I was yeah. just about to say Mark Fields. Yeah. I want to see him, dude. I'm, I'm except by the way, another corner that ran four sixes was Marcher Hardage from Northwestern. Rip. He did not have a great combine. And uh, Rip. yeah, so I, we might be ready Rip. to get out the shovel for him, but. Uh, no, I think that uh, you know. Jeez. What are we gonna hit? What are we gonna hit him with shovels? <laughs> no, bury him, bro. Oh, bury his stock. Oh, we're gonna assault him <laughs> because he was slow. Survival of the fittest, and he just wasn't fit enough. Four Look, or five we, quarters. We have the plan to create <laughs> the perfect world of football players. It's shovel the guys that don't make it. Four or five corners are okay. I think everybody made a big deal out of Murphy's and Julian Love ran four five four and Ham Cheevers ran four five two and Baker four five two and I think the Baker thing was disappointing just because people had been like he's gonna kill the combine and he's gonna really help him his stock and then he jumped like nothing and ran one of the I mean they were saying he was gonna run on the four fours he ran four five two and uh, I mean I think his first forty or second forty was even way slow it was like four six two or something like that so. 
Um, Lonnie Johnson ran in the four five two again. He was getting gassed up as a super athletic guy, and he just didn't really test that great at all. Um, uh, other than his jumps, his jumps were good, uh, which I I guess that it would be. Um, who else? Rocky Sin ran four five one. The things people say about Rocky Sin, dude, like Hall of Famer. This guy just absolutely like his teammates. Bright Cal Armstead gushing about him was crazy. He was like, "This guy is just everything, man." Like. He's like, there's literally no chance he's bad. Right? Armstead was like, he's like, he's the hardest worker I've ever seen. Like, doesn't take any plays off. He's just so businesslike. Teams are gonna love Rockus in. I know he only ran four five one, but I do really. I mean, his we general, ask, his agilities were horrible. We should ask Twitter who gets in the Hall of Fame first, Rockus in or John Lynch? Maybe Rockus in's a safety, and you're. It's a good question actually, because Rockus in might be a rookie that gets ushered into the Hall of Fame with the way people talk about him. I mean. And it's funny because, like, I think I've been the highest on Rocky Sin on staff. And, like, I like him. I really do. I think he's got potential as an outside dude. But you look at his path to football and how he came from Presbyterian and how Presbyterian was about to go down to a D2 school and so they weren't going to have a scholarship. And that's why he ended up going to Temple. And he's just gotten such, like, limited coaching that, okay, yeah, you can look at a guy and go, hey, when this guy gets coaching, you could see he has the tools – to play as an outside main coverage corner. And, like, I agree with all that. That's why I'm decently high on him. But, like, you can't act like coaching at the next level is, like, some guarantee. Like, it's not. Right. There's always a risk with it. So there's no, there's none of this, oh, there's no way this guy isn't successful or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. that just, that's so rarely, that so rarely exists in, in reality. So, right. Uh, who was the, if, I guess we'll go through both these guys because, um, I want to hear your reaction as well, but okay. Zedrick Woods for me and Anthony Nelson from Iowa for you. Sure. Like, what um, happened, bro? With Anthony Nelson? Yeah. Anthony Nelson clearly read my five-play prospect column on him where I called him a replaceable football player, and he went, okay, bet, and just <laughs> put on the greatest combine his physical body could possibly put on. That's Bro, the only did he thing black that I out? Did he just black out and have like an <laughs> autobody experience? Like, I, what if? Now hold on, follow me here. What if nobody knew what Anthony Nelson looked like? Mm, and he had a stunt double. And JJ Watt just came in <laughs> and did the combine for him. You want to hear his combine compared to JJ Watt? <laughs> Stand I by. really, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. All right, here we go. Anthony if it's Nelson. Anywhere near it, I'll Bro, literally cry. Near it, this guy is an absolute freak. Anthony <laughs> Nelson. Anthony Nelson is incredible. Here we go. Should we compare him to defensive lineman? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, bench press. Let's start there. So I'm a number okay. that you can really wrap around. No, JJ Watt. Go. Okay. You All want, right. I'll, I'll, I'll start with size. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anthony Nelson is 6'7", 271 pounds, 34 okay. and 7 eighths arms. Okay. Watt is two inches shorter, heavier, okay. though. He was 290, so he's 19 pounds heavier. you got to take that into account for this. Okay. Um, and 34-inch arms, so his arms okay. were also Same. almost a, 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 an inch shorter. Um, Watt's hands were way bigger. Well. I don't know if you care about that, but that's that's the way it is. His hands were, like, some of the biggest of any defensive lineman ever. Uh, Watt ran a four eight one. Okay, uh, Nelson ran a four eight two. Nelson jumped thirty five and a half inches. Watt jumped thirty seven inches. 
Broad jump, uh, Nelson jumped 118. Watt jumped 120. Three cone, Nelson had a 695. Watt had a 688. 423 short shuttle for Anthony Nelson. 421 for JJ Watt. So they're actually fairly close in some of those, which is terrifying. But Nelson did 18 reps on the bench, then Watt did 34. Oh my god! Wa was in the 92nd percentile for bench reps, and Nelson was in the seventh. Yeah. So here's the thing about Anthony Nelson. When I watched his tape, and this would just kind of be a brief overview of the article that I watched. Um, when you have that giant body to you, you've got to be able to do something with it. And I didn't really see him. I th- I thought he used his length decently well with his arms and his overall size, but there was a lot of time where he couldn't really turn it into much, like getting off of blocks. Uh, or making moves around the edge using his uh, hands to disengage blockers, things like that. So he wasn't really consistent as a rusher very much, and he would get get squared up by offensive linemen quite a bit. And then in a run game, you know, if you are as big as Anthony Nelson is, especially like overall height-wise, certainly you could probably put some more weight on him. Like he got bodied in the run game. So I went into his film thinking, okay, this is a bigger defensive lineman. I at least think he's going to be good at setting the edge and stopping the run. And he wasn't. Like Mississippi State's right tackle – who was like a three-star dude coming out of high school? Basically, just like, like bodied him. him all year. Like he bodied him all right. game. So, yeah. um, Anthony Nelson's combine is hilarious to me. Uh, it was a great day for him. Obviously, he probably opened some eyes to some people, but I, I can't, I like, I can't, man. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. With this dude. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, Zedrick Woods' combine blew my mind. I mean, four two nine. So he's one of the twenty fastest people ever to participate in the combine not safeties not defensive backs not defensive players overall players ever ever Ever. in the history of the football world that is insane to me he plays so slow but there's apparently all this speed and i asked old miss fans i was like tell me if i'm wrong like where you know where did i go astray on zedrick woods and they were like we always heard he was fast but it never saw it in a game so we none of us really believed it and i'm like well believe it now but he never plays like it like so it's his recognition right he doesn't have the instincts or the recognition in order to get that speed to come out i mean this guy didn't do anything for four i mean he was a starter for like three plus years there like he just i mean he didn't no ball production splash plays he didn't you know there was just nothing nothing like i mean the rest of his workout was only okay like he was around average for for a safety position in in uh shuttles a three cone uh broad jump vertical jump below average He's small for a safety. Uh, well, actually, I, I I don't know why their measurements in here are crazy. Like he's 5'11", 205, and they say that's in the thirty ninth percentile for weight, nineteenth for height. I don't I don't care about height for safeties, but two hundred five pounds is fine to me. So um, you know maybe I guess statistically speaking, he's a little small for for a safety. But I mean I I got to go back and look at his tape again. I'm not going to just write him off. But man, I never saw that forty coming. So. That's the thing about the combine, man. There's always some results that are just blow your mind, and then you go back to tape, and you're like, yeah, they're just they don't play like that type of player. And like, I mean, it may may happen in shorts, but it just doesn't happen on the field. You know, that's what happened with Jordan Willis with me. I was just like, I don't know, man. Mike Isecki with me, I was just like, I don't, I don't see it. So, uh, kind of got to pick and choose who you're willing to believe in in terms of the athleticism stuff, because for a lot of guys, it just won't ever translate. Uh, as much as it, much as it might look good during that weekend of the combine. It just doesn't translate over. So 
There's our thoughts on some of the defensive players of the 2019 Combine. Tomorrow we'll be back. we got more great content rolling out for you guys. I know you guys were clamoring for us to get up a new podcast. We took a day off there because we just need to catch our breath for a little bit, uh, spend some time with families and friends. So, um, But we will be back the rest of the week cranking out podcasts like we always are. So until next time, keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.